A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving and start to the holiday season. Uh, today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about that Real Houses of Dallas trailer, which I think they were doing a lot of comedy work. I wasn't sure if I was watching the Real Houses of Dallas trailer or a trailer for My Name is Earl, because they were just doing so much comedy. We're going to talk about that in a second. Also, we're going to be breaking down the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which had a flapper party and (laughs) also an insane Met Gala luncheon, which I can't wait till we get to that. Uh, And then also, finally, we're going to be talking about The Bachelorette this week, which had Taysha in a wedding dress. So we have lots to discuss. Now, before I get into any of that, I mentioned that it's the start of the holiday season. And so I wanted to do a quick little detour. If you're not interested, fast forward. I'll put the timestamps in the episode description. But I got to do a little detour here. Now, those of you who have listened to the show for a while might remember last holiday season, I mentioned something on the podcast, an earn detour, if you will. I had mentioned it on the podcast and I said, you know, we'll get to it at some point. Now, I didn't want to talk about it because at the time, a relative in my family had passed away and I didn't, it was, it felt a little insensitive. But the time has come. Uh, for us to get into this. Now, normally for the holiday season, my boyfriend and I, we travel back to Ohio when we stay at my parents' house, Linda and Gary houses. And for my gifts, I usually order them online and have them shipped to my parents' house. So it's easier that way. So I don't have to travel on a plane with all these gifts for my nieces and nephews and everyone. But sometimes it can be confusing because I might get the wrong size or I might get two of something because you don't see it in front of you until uh, until you get to Ohio. So I always send the stuff there for my boyfriend, whoever, uh, nieces and nephews. So I got a couple things from Amazon. And when we got to Ohio, I had realized that it, there was like three items, I think, that I had to return. So one of them was like a duplicate gift. One of them had the wrong size had come. Um, and there was something else that was wrong with another. They were all from Amazon. And so I knew I had to return them and in Ohio, there's a Kohl's there with an Amazon drop-off center. So you can take your Amazon returns to the Kohl's. And they put it in the back of the fucking Kohl's, too, which is, is so frustrating, but also a genius business move. Because you can't walk in the Kohl's and just drop off the boxes. you got to go all the way to the back of the fucking store. So you're walking through the aisles of Kohl's. So I asked my mother, I say, hey, can I borrow your car? I'm going to go return these to the Amazon drop-off center at Kohl's. She said, yes, while you're going there, Dan. Dan, I need you to pick up the frozen, uh, frozen pajama set for your uh, niece. Got to pick up the frozen pajama set. I wasn't able to get it when I went there last time, but now I want to get it. So she tells me to pick up that at Kohl's while I'm there, returning my Amazon boxes. Now, before I leave the house, she goes, wait, let me give you the Kohl's cash. And I'm like, Mom, don't worry about it. It's going to be, what, like a dollar or two? Like, you don't need to give me the Kohl's cash. And when I tell you, Linda Pellegrino pulled out the biggest envelope of <laughs> fucking Kohl's cash I've ever seen. It was the stacks of Kohl's cash. She's like, Dan, they, sometimes they don't expire. They let you use it. So my mom has just a giant envelope full of Kohl's cash, which if you're not familiar, it's like Monopoly money that you can only use at Kohl's. So that's what it is. So my mom hands me this big envelope of money to buy the Elsa pajamas. She also says, there's something in the front seat of my car that is also an Amazon return. Do you mind taking it in there with your stuff? So I gather my returns 
and I put them uh, in the front seat of the car and head on my way to Kohl's. When I get to the Kohl's parking lot, I park. I wasn't paying attention when I put the boxes in, so I just grabbed them all. Uh, and I noticed my mom had one box with like a couple items in it. So I grab, grab all the boxes. I walk into Kohl's and I walk all the way to the back of the store for the drop off center. There's a woman there who works like the kiosk of the Amazon drop off center. So I'm, I set everything down and I'm kind of like looking through it, just double checking everything to make sure I got the right stuff. And I noticed my mom's package that I grabbed, it had two items in it. It had one toy and then something that looked like a vase to me. A vase. So I look a little further and I realize it's not a vase, it's an urn. We had just lost a relative in the family and my mom had purchased an urn off Amazon, which is not something I thought you could do. But apparently it is something that you can do. So immediately I'm like kind of thinking like, why is my mom returning an urn from Amazon? And furthermore, her return receipt or whatever the fuck that was that you put in the box, it didn't say urn on it. It just had the toy to return that she had wrongly purchased for my nephew or something. So I call up my mom and I'm like, mom, did you want me to return this urn? Dan, why would I have you return an urn to Kohl's? I don't fucking know. You know, I'm like, I don't know why you even bought an urn off Amazon. Why is there an urn in the front seat of your car? You know, I'm confused at this point. What is, she's acting like I'm the crazy one for having an urn. Meanwhile, the woman at the Amazon kiosk is like, why the fuck did you bring an urn here to Kohl's? <laughs> like, it's crazy. So my mom goes, Dan, do not return the urn to Kohl's. And so then I'm hanging up the phone. She goes, and don't forget the Elsa pajamas. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I give the woman all of this stuff, and I have to take the urn out of the box of my mom. So now I just have an urn in my hands. Okay, now I'm just walking around Kohl's at the holiday season with an urn in my hand, like a quirky Tim Burton film. I got Kohl's cash in one hand and an urn in the other, and I'm walking down the aisle of the children's pajamas to look for Elsa PJs uh, for the holiday season. Now, it's never even really comfortable to walk through the children's clothing section of any store. I always feel gross and awkward and weird. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure maybe some of you can relate, but I got to look in the girls' section for female uh, little girl pajamas. So I'm grabbing the pajamas. And of course, if you've ever been to Kohl's in Ohio during the Christmas season, it's like old home week. Like you run into every fucking person you went to high school with. Anyone you ever knew from back home is at that Kohl's at that time. And the line, the line in Kohl's at the holiday season, whoo, guys, it's all the way to the back wall. The line to hell is shorter to get into than the uh, cash register at Kohl's. I mean, it takes forever. So I grab the pajamas and I go. Uh, I'm headed towards the line, and of course I run into an old teacher from high school. Of course I run in, and the question that everyone asks as I run into them, into this Ohio Coles, is, uh, I didn't know, or this is what they all say to me as I say that I'm holding an urn, they say, I didn't know you could buy an urn at Coles. And so this teacher says that to me, and I goes, oh yeah, it's, it's not from here. And I'm just trying to get out of the conversation quickly. And so then I go off to the line and get out of the conversation with the English teacher. So then when I get to the line, I'm thinking in my head, I just told the English teacher that I didn't get this urn from here. But I didn't explain that it was like, a, I, I didn't explain the whole story that my mom had given me this box to return and it's, uh, you know, whatever. So I'm thinking this English teacher probably thinks I'm walking around doing my holiday shopping with the remains of someone in my hands. So now I'm freaking out and I'm I'm overthinking and I'm worried that now this woman who I really liked as a teacher is thinking that I'm just carrying someone's remains with me. So I get into line 
and I'm a sandwich between two people. And of course, then I run into another girl, a girl I had a crush on in my middle school years. So this girl, Chrissy, I haven't seen in years. She comes up to me and she says, hi, how are you doing? You know, welcome back. I haven't been home in a while, blah, blah, blah. So I'm talking to her and I'm already thinking in my head that I, I need to over-explain because the English teacher probably thinks I'm holding a dead person as I do my holiday shopping. So I tell Chrissy, I say, oh, you know, my mom had purchased this urn off Amazon and she'd give me some other returns, so I had to go back. And I'm over-explaining it. And then Chrissy walks away. And the people in front and behind me, I'm thinking, now they think I'm crazy. Uh, and now I'm worried they think I over-explained it because there is actually somebody in the urn. Does that make sense to you? I'm thinking, I gave too many details to this other woman. And now everyone's going to think there's someone in there. So, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me. Again, I'm holding my Coles cash, some Elsa PJs, and an urn. And the woman in front of me, an older gal, she looks back and she kind of gives me this like look like, are you fucking crazy? And so, I, I again, am overcompensating. And I say, no, see, it's just an urn. I said, it's brand new, no one in it. I said, when she turns her head around, I said, no one's in it. And I open the top and I like, I... <laughs> I sort of like shake it to show this woman in front of me in line that there's no ashes. (laughs) It sounds crazy. I was trying to show her that there's no ashes in the urn. And of course, when I do that, then their slip of paper falls out. Uh, It falls to the ground. It falls to the ground. I don't know if it was like instructions. You know how sometimes when you open something, I don't know, they put like an instruction booklet or something. I don't know what kind of instructions you need with an urn. It's like you burn the body and put it in the urn, but that's not the point. The point is, I do that, and this piece of paper falls to the floor, and then I'm like, well, that's not a human unless they make people into paper. And then I'm like doing like a, I don't know, Paula Poundstone stand-up routine with this woman in front of me. And she's not finding it funny. She wasn't. She wasn't. So, you know, I made it through my Kohl's experience. The woman at the register did end up taking my Kohl's cash for the pajamas, but everyone in that store that day was like, why the fuck are you holding an urn? And look, it is what it is. It's the holiday season. Um, You know, we all have to do our shopping. But I hope people that day just didn't think I was walking around with a dead human in my body and or in my uh, holding in my arms in a Coles. You know, I'm sure that wouldn't be the first time somebody walked into Coles with, you know, their loved ones held close. You know, it's something people do, and you know, my heart goes out to them. But boy, you guys, it was an experience. And of course, that line at Kohl's at the holiday season, I don't know what it'll be like this year, because of course, the coronavirus, hopefully people aren't shopping as much uh, in these stores. But normally, a Kohl's, it's like, open up some more registers, people. (laughs) My mom's like, Dan, do not return the urn to Kohl's. And then, of course, when I got back to my parents' house, my mom's like, did you return the urn to Kohl's? And I'm like, no, mom, like, I didn't have a receipt for the Kohl's urn. (laughs) Meanwhile. My dad's like, why the fuck would he have an urn at Kohl's? He's like, in the kitchen, well, this is all happening. <laughs> my dad's just always confused uh, as to what's going on with my mother and my antics. Um, but my mom was happy that I did not return the urn to Kohl's or Amazon Drop-Off Center. Uh, and everything worked out. But uh, I didn't even know you could also buy an urn off Amazon. Apparently, that's the thing. You get everything on there. Um, anyway, if you are shopping this holiday season, try to shop at a small business if you can. You know, the times are tough in 2020. If you can reach out to a small business or someone, uh, do that because it's a great thing. Okay, you guys, we got to talk about the Real Houses of Dallas trailer. This is how we do it in Dallas. This is a runway walk. How have we been handling the coronavirus? I think 
think Andrew's about to have an orgasm. Oh my God, I love it. We've all taken this quarantining very seriously. Damn it. Now, again, they're very much leaning into the comedy. They're doing a lot of PPE work. So there's so many jokes about, like, you know, Deandra's face mask has fallen. And, like, they're even in the confessionals, they're like, we take coronavirus very seriously. And then they cut to footage of them, like, just drunk and jumping into pools. And it's like, what is going on here? They sure are making a mockery of COVID-19. And, you know, I'm sort of in, you know, part of me really likes that because I'm thinking, you know, we all need the release. We all need to laugh about all of this craziness that we're going through. Because if we don't laugh at it, we'll all go fucking nuts. And it did seem like they were going fucking nuts. Uh, But, you know, when it comes to the comedy, I don't love it when the housewives are doing comedy purposefully. I like when it comes out naturally. Now, Cam, for instance, in this trailer, there's a shot of her with one of those face masks on. You know I love a face mask. It's self-care. But she's outside and she's wearing the face mask with the glasses over it. And that's the kind of comedy I like. It doesn't feel too put upon. It doesn't feel like they're trying to do a stand-up set. But sometimes on Dallas, specifically with like Brandy, I feel like she can do a lot of you know comedic work. Like she thinks she's a comedian. And I'm not interested in watching that. So they even do a murder mystery thing. There's the beginning of the trailer. Brandy's falling down the stairs. And of course we know it's a joke. And she did a good fall, I will say. And it's hard to do a good fake fall, but it seemed like she did a fake a good fake fall, I thought. You know, was Brandy injured? And then, of course, we know we're in a murder mystery party, which we've seen on these shows before, but I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of Tiffany Moon. She's the new person on this show. I'm very excited for her. She seemed like the star of the trailer. For a new housewife to come in so hot and just be such a star in the trailer was surprising to me. She does drag everyone. Uh, she she gives it to Brandy. Of course, before the season, there was all this stuff about Brandy had I, she had posted some like very inappropriate videos. I know you guys can look up the details of it because I don't even remember the whole thing to be honest with you. But it, there was a lot of like inappropriate stuff that Brandy had uh, it had been dug up online, and so they're confronting her about it in the season, which is interesting. And of course, I've said this before, and I'll say it again: it, it's very confusing where the line is on Bravo in terms of like we're firing this person because of this uh, inappropriate, outrageous behavior. But we're going to make an example of this person and talk about it on the show. So we're, with Brandy, she even says in the trailer, like, I made one mistake. Uh, or, or maybe Stephanie says that, like, you made one mistake. And forgive me, I think there was more than one instance that there was an, uh, an issue in terms of, like, some racist remarks or, or something like that. But, again, it's just confusing. Where's the line here? Why is this person... Uh, publicly fired and this person's not. But speaking of publicly fired, we don't have any Leanne. And honestly, I didn't miss her in the trailer. I didn't feel like, oh, we need Leanne. Although she, I think it will be a void. It seems like Tiffany Moon is filling that void because she's such a star in this trailer. But Leanne always just took up so much of the show. She was such a big personality that I think it'll be interesting to see these women if they're able to really hold this franchise down. I don't know. Last season of Dallas, I really hated. I just did not like last season at all. And it was so upsetting because I, you guys know, I've been championing championing Dallas for so long. And then they let me down. Season two and three were so good. And then season four, it was such a big flop. So I'm hoping they get back and they're good again. Um, you know, with the Brandy stuff, though, it was interesting. She said she did contemplate suicide. And 
Look, I, I, it's wonderful when people are opening up about their mental health on these shows. I think it's so important. Maybe somebody's feeling similarly. The thing that worries me a little bit is that all of this stuff happened right before the season. And just speaking from my own experience, I couldn't imagine filming a reality show about your life if that's what you're going through. Um, and, and even if she, it, she was going through it right before the season started, I mean, all of that stuff that was in the press with Brandy and the, the videos that were released or something like that, all of that happened right before filming. So I just don't, I, I worry that it, it, the filming happened too soon. And sometimes with reality stars, I believe we've talked about this before too, it's not a good cycle to be on a reality show because people give up so many other parts of their lives. So it's hard to work other jobs when you're doing a reality show. And I know on Housewives, we're supposed to pretend like this person has this other job or this person has this job. But the fact is, they always have to step back from those other jobs they had before the Housewives to film. So they can't be full-time at any of those other gigs. And I think slowly over time, they start making more on Housewives. They give up less of that time. They were doing that other thing. and. That worries me because the length of a reality star being on TV is not very long. Of course, the time is limited. We've seen that. Vicki Gunvalson was an exception to the rule, and she was on, I don't know, 15 seasons or something. Uh, but then it all went away. And luckily, I think she has her other job in the insurance industry. But, you know, I just worry about these women, and, and I worry about reality stars in general because it's very rare that they're able to be on TV the length of 15 years. And Brandy, you know, I think maybe it would have been best for her if she was in that headspace to take some time off. But I do applaud her for opening up about the mental health stuff. So that's Dallas, you guys. And, oh, the end of the Dallas trailer, it was uh, someone saying, the world really could be coming to an end. And I just thought, that's perfect for 2020. It's, like, so dark and depressing. Like, you know, the world really could be coming to an end. It felt like we were watching, like, an apocalyptic drama at the end of that trailer. Like, everything, Stephen King movie or something, like... You know, the world really could come to an end. And that's just how it ended. I'm afraid what's going to happen next. This world really could be coming to an end. Anyway, you guys, that was Dallas. I'm going to watch, probably. Haven't quite decided if we're going to recap. I don't know. We'll see. You know, TBD. Oh, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. uh, So that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I'm not in Are you serious? Hey, listen. You're going to go with Mary, who f- her grandfather? You can't say that. That's not okay. That's the truth. Oh, am I white? I heard that. Thank you for telling me and showing me who you are. You can call me whatever you want. Clearly, there's something about me you find fascinating because I'm always in your mouth. I f- your grandpa, big deal. But if it was my grandpa that I was married to, I would not want my friend to yell that at me at a party. Uh, you guys, let's talk about Salt Lake City. So last week on the show, we didn't really fully recap it, but I just want to mention Brooks had gotten into this thing with Jen about like seeing her lady bits. And he said he was like offended by it. What's interesting to me about Brooks is I didn't care for him last episode. I didn't like the, I don't like him getting in the mix that much. But what's interesting to me is that I think he got out of school to film Housewives. I know he said he was like taking a hiatus or something like that. But of course, we all know that really he just wanted to film Housewives with his mom, Meredith. He just wanted, he did it. And I respect that. I respect that. Now, also last week on the show, we got to know Mary's church a little bit. A bunch of you have sent me DMs about Mary being in a cult. Like some, I haven't looked into it. Apparently, there's articles and everything. I just haven't gotten around to looking into the Mary cult stuff. But I will, you guys. I'm saving it for my, I don't know, I'm saving it for a rainy day uh, to dive into the backstory of Mary because I'm very fascinated, very fascinated by this woman who's throwing a Met Gala luncheon with jewelry everywhere. It was like she robbed a Claire's. Every scene Mary's in, I swear she's got more and more necklaces, bracelets. She's doing bedazzled hat work. In that new, in the 1920s Prohibition Party, you guys, she was slurping on that vodka soda with feathers, a bedazzled newsboy hat, and so many, so many fucking bracelets. I've never seen so many bracelets on someone. Do you remember that trend? What were those bracelets everyone would wear like 10 years ago? They were like those gel bracelets. Do you guys remember? Or what were they called? Like rubber ba- silly bands? Am I making that up? Did everyone wear those silly bands? Um, it was like a trend for a minute in like a summer of 2010 or something. It was like that, but Mary's just wearing all those fucking silly bands. And I'm like, what is happening here? You need to take some of them off. And then later in the episode of the Met Gala, she had so many necklaces on. And a lot of them were religious necklaces, but then was a lot of cost. I don't know. Was it costume jewelry or nice stuff? I don't know. I know, but it's a lot of jewelry work. And Mary, you need to cool it. You need to cool it. I I did see she posted something somewhere, whether it be Twitter or Instagram. She said uh, she apologized for the wigs. 
because the wig work on Mary has been a little bit tough. But, you know, she recognized it, and I'm sure next season she'll fix it. And, you know, on Potomac, I know we're not here to talk about Potomac yet, but on Potomac, I love that Karen Huger is doing the wig line, and we got to see the evolution of Karen with now she's got the wig doctor who's got the line of wigs. So we've gotten to see the evolution. So hopefully we'll get to see the evolution with Mary and, and the jewelry work. You know, we'll see. So we open again with this 1920s party. Everyone's in their flapper outfits with pearls and Botox and fillers, which was not something that happened in the 1920s. You know, it's always, always funny on these Housewives shows when we see them dressed as flappers, um, just with their face filled with so much filler. And you know what? The 1920s people wish. I'm sure everyone in the 1920s wishes they didn't have to age with all the wrinkles. Now we have, uh, we have medicine. Modern medicine can take care of those wrinkles for the flappers. Um, but, you know, we always have these parties on this franchise, and everyone is there. But Jen is, of course, uh, she's a little bit unhinged. So she pulls aside Meredith. And Meredith, you guys, I'm starting to think that Meredith doesn't know she's on a Real Housewives show. Because she keeps saying things this week. She's like, let's have a convo when we're not at Whitney's party. And she kind of talks like she does. Sort of talks like Caitlyn Jenner a little bit, doesn't she? Let's have a convo when we're not at Whitney's party. And um, look, Meredith, you're on a Real Housewives show. Last week, I think one that one week when they were sitting around the table, like, we need to have a conversation not in front of everyone. And it's like, no, Meredith, we need you to have a conversation in front of everyone. And then she says, uh, she said regarding her relationship with Mary, because Jen's really pissed. Jen is pissed that Meredith is friends with Mary. and. Meredith points out that Jen is acting unhinged, and it's like, she is, but we're all supposed to be acting unhinged here. Like, this is a Housewives franchise. That's what you're supposed to do. And Meredith says, uh, am I supposed to be mean to Mary because, I, uh, because you and Mary have an argument? She says to Jen, and that's too level-headed. Of course, Jen uh, is once, she's trying to pick a fight with you, Meredith. Like, you need to step up. I need Meredith to step up a little bit, because Jen was really poking and prodding trying to get Meredith to react, and Meredith just wasn't react. Eventually, Meredith just, I'm getting out of here. And we, we can't just have you leaving in the midst of a fight. Like, this would have been the perfect opportunity for the two, two to hash it out, but instead they weren't. Um, Jen was really drunk, though. Jen was drunk, and she was just really, really mad at Meredith for being friends with, uh, for being friends with Mary. And Jen says, Lisa comes up and interrupts, and then Jen says, in regards to Meredith uh, and Mary, Jen says, seriously, you're going to go with Mary, who fucks her grandfather? That's the truth. And Mary is sitting uh, to the side with all of her jewelry on, and she overhears this. So she overhears Jen say that she fucked her grandpa. Now, Mary, the rest of the episode, is acting as if she's never heard this before, and I find that to be uh, not not right. She's married to the grandpa. I'm sure she's heard people say you fucked your grandpa. And quite honestly, it's just a fact. I don't think it could be an insult because it's a fact. That's what you do. I mean, at least it didn't happen for three weeks into their marriage. I know she revealed that a a couple of weeks ago on the show that they didn't have sex for a few weeks. But um, they did eventually, I believe, have sex. And so I can't imagine that Mary's never heard this before. So all the other women are reacting to this, this soundbite of Jen saying she fucked her grandpa. Now, Heather said something in her confessional that I just want to break down for a second. Heather said, I fucked a grandpa, big deal. But if it was my grandpa I was married to, I would not want my friend to yell that at a party. 
Now, I have a lot of questions about this, Heather. I'm loving Heather this season. She said something else when she was chasing after Jen outside. She said, uh, I look like a flapper with cankles. And I, it was truly like one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard. <laughs> I loved it. I'm loving Heather. Loving Heather. She also seems like a great friend. Doesn't she seem like a good friend when she was putting Jen in the car to leave that party? Seemed like a good friend. But she said, I fucked her grandpa, big deal. And I'm thinking, what is, are we just acting like everyone just fucks a grandpa? I've never had sex with a grandpa before. I'm not necessarily opposed to it if it's somebody else's grandfather. I'm, and of course, I'm just talking about age-wise here. I'm not talking about anyone specifically, their grandpa. But I'm curious, everyone out there, what's the oldest you've had sex with? If you're a single young person under, I don't know, under the age of 40, like, have you ever had sex with someone who's a grandfather? I have not. And Heather was just like, yeah, big deal. So what? <laughs> now I need that story. Everyone has a story, Heather. What's that story? Please tell us. Maybe I misheard. Did she just say she fucked a grandpa? Big deal. And maybe I misheard it. I don't know, you guys. When I'm taking notes for this show, I will be honest with you. It's tough because I keep getting the names mixed up. We haven't been with them long enough. And Lisa and Meredith, you guys, I'm really struggling. I know I said last week I was going to make some flashcards, and I have not made the flashcards yet, and I'm really struggling every time they're on the screen. I'm like, wait, which one is that? Who is that? Meredith talks like a leather. And Lisa does have the smoker's voice. Like, she smoked a pack of Marlboros every time she got in front of that red light. And that's the difference between the two, but it's hard sometimes because they look so much alike. So, look, Meredith says, I don't tolerate women yelling and swearing at me, and that's when she leaves. And it's like, well, you're in the wrong place, sweetie, because this is the housewives. And then Heather, again, she walks out to chase Jen, because Jen's leaving, and she's drunk and crying, and uh, it's really a housewife's performance tour de force. Jen was giving us this episode at the flapper party, and it felt like no one was really reacting to it, but uh, Heather did chase after her, and before she left the inside of the flapper restaurant, she goes up to her table, and she says, don't clear the burger or the lollipop drumsticks. Meaning, like, don't eat the burger when I'm gone. I'm going to go check on the friend, but do not eat the burger. And that was when I truly, that cemented my love for Heather, when she said, don't clear the burger or the drumsticks. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So then the next day, they all talk about this, uh, this flapper party, what happened. They discussed that it was inappropriate for Jen to say that about Mary fucking the grandpa, even though it is true and they should all expect it. Meanwhile, Brooks was wearing the silver starter jacket, which I thought was A-plus costume work really like costume uh, that Brooks was wearing. Then we cut to Jen and Meredith shopping. Uh, that's when Meredith says she was separated from the husband and they cry. And um, It was interesting, at the top of this scene, there was a voiceover that said, the party was crazy. Ugh, I don't want to talk about it. And it was a voiceover. So that was very clear to me that that scene happened uh, before the flapper scene, and they just had to cut it weird, and so they had to add a voiceover in. Go back and watch it, you'll know. The, the order of this, I believe it was out of order, because the voiceover, it just seemed like it was added later, and the voiceover was so clearly like added in post. It was like, that party was crazy, but I don't want to talk about it now. And then we're cut to them shopping, talking about the separation. So anyway, then we cut to, oh, Mary's house, you guys. You guys, Mary's house. I was very excited to get into Mary's house, and it wasn't as weird. Just as I'm watching it, I'm thinking Mary's house isn't as weirdly decorated as I would have thought. Lisa comes in and says that uh, Mary has better personal style than decorating style. And so she's saying, like, the house is decorated weird. And honestly, I thought the opposite. 
I thought her house decorating was better than the clothing that she's wearing. That's what I thought. I thought the house looked fine. Like, it, it was fine. It wasn't exactly like my taste of, of decor. But I thought for what we've seen from Mary, it was very tame. I was expecting, I don't know, to walk into a fun house or something. I'm not sure what my eyes were expecting. But when we got there and it just looked like a normal house, I was almost like a little bit disappointed. And then also it made me, like, it was a, very much a mind fuck. Because I was just like, this looks like a traditional um, house. And it was very nice. It looked like an expensive house, but it just looked traditional. And that's not what I was expecting. I'm like, what's going, what's the end game here with Mary? What is she trying to do? Is she trying to mind fuck us? Um, but then we meet Robert, her son. He wants to be a fashion designer. And Mary's not happy because she wanted him to be a brain surgeon. She said, you want to be a brain surgeon your whole life. What happened? And it's like, Robert doesn't want to do that, Mary. Cool it. Cool it. So then, oh, they briefly talk about Whitney, and Mary says that Whitney likes poles. And then they show footage of just Whitney on a pole, and I'm loving Whitney. You guys, that montage of Whitney just on a stripper pole. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Then Mary reveals she's having a luncheon that's like the Met Gala. And I wrote in my notes, what? Excuse me? What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean you're having a luncheon that's like the Met Gala? What the fuck do you mean, Mary? That didn't make any sense to me and also made perfect sense coming from Mary. Like, what do you fucking mean? She says in her confessionals, when I think of Met Gal, I think of ostrich feathers and over the top. And I don't think Mary has even ever once looked at a picture of the Met Gala. I don't think, you know when they have the Met Gala yearly and we all go online, we go on Twitter, I'm always so fascinated. I'm like, what are the Olsen twins wearing? Like, what the fuck is Lena Dunham going to show up in at the Met Gala? I'm always so fascinated. I don't think Mary has ever done that. I feel like she's just heard the Met Gala once, and she decides she's having this luncheon, which makes no fucking sense. Meanwhile, they all showed up to that luncheon as if they were going shopping at Nordstrom's. It didn't look like they were going to a Met Gala. Mm-mm. Did not. Uh, Mary also said in her confessional, she said this a bunch of times this episode, but she said, I've, said, I've never heard grandfather motherfucker before. That's low. And again, I just say, you must have heard it before. You must have. So then we cut to Jen and Heather. Uh, Jen goes over to Heather's house. She ordered sushi to Heather's house. She's giving me very much Kardashian here. Didn't she look like a Kardashian? I'm not sure, like, long-lost sister or something. That's the look I was getting from Jen. Meanwhile, it was revealed that Heather was dating a cowboy. And, oh, also I noticed in this scene, they put snow over the transitions. I'm sure they've been doing this every week, and it's just something I haven't noticed. But I love that in the transitions when it says, like, on the screen, Meredith, and we're going to Meredith's house. They put snow over it, and it's a great little detail. Bravo, bravo. So then, Jen says she's been acting a little bit unhinged because it's the anniversary of her dad's death. And they showed Jen visiting the gravesite. And, you know, we talk about grief. I talked about it at the top of the show. And grief makes people do very crazy things. And I believe it's because grief is still a very taboo topic. I think it's like a something that people really just don't talk about as much. And it's almost like I notice when people do talk about it, it's almost like stop talking about it because it makes people uncomfortable. And then, of course, I think, well, maybe we need to talk about it more because then people feel more comfortable talking about it and their feelings and emotions surrounding grief. So even at the top of the show, I gave you that detour and I was nervous to talk about it last year because... You know, it was fresh in the minds, but then also, I think it is important to talk about. Not that I was giving details of a specific passing, but, you know, grief is just still, I think, one of the those topics that is just so taboo. And of course, it makes us all do crazy things, because 
losing someone is such a mindfuck. And so, I don't know, my heart goes out to anyone who's lost someone, especially recently, because, you know, you just get through it as best you can. And don't be too hard on yourself for maybe some of the crazy things you say or do. And if you have someone who lost someone, try to give them a little bit of grace and, uh, and kindness because they're going through something. They're probably not handling their emotions like they normally would. Um, and they just might not be able to, to figure it all out. Anyway, so that's my, well, that sounded like I was on a soapbox, but you guys know what I was saying. You get it. So Jen is also mad at her husband, Sharif. Uh, and then, oh, Jen let it spill to Meredith that she, uh, Jen let it spill to Heather that Meredith is separated, but they're dating. So she let it spill. It's getting around town, getting around town. So then we cut to Mary at her luncheon, and she's decorating with this woman, Linda, the party planner, and the sky party planner. And she's putting a lot of crazy things on the table. I just like us to talk about this for a second. She put beta fish on the table, live fish on the table. They weren't going to be eating fish. She put live fish. Maybe some of them were eating fish, but just put beta fish in front of everyone's table. Then she also put uh, notebooks that said boss lady on it, boss lady on the notebooks with their uh, monogrammed initials or names on it. Then also she had name tags and she was mad at the party planners because they put them upside down. She said, do you guys know how to read? And it was such an asshole thing. I felt so bad for these party planners because Mary was not being nice to them. And Mary, they're working for you, but you need to be a little bit nicer. She was talking to them so, uh, what's that word? Passive aggressively. Do you know how to read? And it's like, do you know how to read, Mary? Like, what the fuck? I don't know if Mary knows how to read, quite frankly, because she's being such an asshole. I'm sure she does know how to read. But you know what I'm saying? She's just being an asshole and wearing so many fucking necklaces, too. And then she says in her confessional, this was really funny, she said, I invited Jen even though she called me a grandpa motherfucker. <laughs> she said, deep down, I knew it was the right thing to do. And that's just so funny, you guys. That's so funny. Yeah, this woman called me a grandpa motherfucker, but I'm going to invite him to my luncheon. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I love this show. The show is crazy. The show is crazy. Oh, speaking of Jen, though, we do get her calling her husband for a Coach Shaw pep talk. And I want one of these Coach Shaw pep talks. She says whenever she needs one, she just gives a call to her husband. And my boyfriend doesn't do that. I was mad at Matt. I'm like, why don't you give me one of those pep talks? I need to call you for a pep talk. I could use one all the time. So then Heather and, uh, let's see, Heather and Whitney are going to the Met Gala. Heather, I think it said, uh, she said, Mary doesn't know what the Met Gala is. Again, no one really seemed to know what it was. Jen was dressed the most outrageously. Um, but for the most part, they all look pretty conservative. Like, that's not what you would wear to the Met Gala. you got to wear something crazy. And usually there's a theme within the Met Gala. So you can't just have a Met Gala luncheon. You need to have an actual theme. Like, I think last year, the year before, it was camp. So that was the theme. You're supposed to dress like camp. And people, you're supposed to. Some people don't always do this at the actual Met Gala, but you're supposed to put a lot of thought into the theme and really follow it. And then sometimes people, I'm not going to name names, but you can look it up. Sometimes these celebrities, they just dress however the fuck they want. And that's what these housewives are doing. And that's what I find to be a problem with the Met Gala. You have to stay on theme. Like Rihanna always stays on theme. God bless Rihanna. I miss her music. Come on, Rihanna. I don't, you're not listening to this, but if you are, give us music. We need it. I need it now more than ever. God, I love Rihanna. Ugh. Queen icon legend. Okay, so then we, um, before everyone actually arrives at this, event, this luncheon. Mary's sitting with Walter. That's his name, Walter with a V, not Walter. Walter. It's his restaurant. And he is so bizarre, you guys. 
There's one little moment where Mary and Walter are just standing there waiting for the people to arrive. They have a glass of wine in their hands. And Walter just sips it, and he goes, mm, mm. And I was like, what is going on here? Walter, why are you making that sound? And then Mary just responds with, this really wakes you up. You guys, what the fuck? This Walter. I need more of Walter. If they didn't film more with Walter this season, I'll be pissed. I will be outraged at the end of this season. I'll be calling, writing a letter to Bravo. I'll be writing a strongly worded letter to Bravo if we don't get more Walter on screen because he was bizarre and I need more. So then, you know, it's a Met Gala theme, but then Mary decided to hire some people at Valet who are dressed as toy soldiers as if it's Christmas. And I appreciate it. I just wish she would have done a Christmas theme. And then when Heather and Whitney arrive, Mary sort of does this weird thing where she pokes Heather's breasts and she said, breasty breasts in a baby voice. Like it sounded like a Yoda baby voice. And I was like, Mary, what is going on with you? <laughs> Do you ever wonder like what's going on in Mary's head? I'm curious. What's up there? Can we see inside? Do we have the technology yet? I don't know. Do you remember in Batman Forever, the Jim Carrey one, how they would put that machine on their head and you could see what's inside their head? Like I need that for Mary. I just imagine there's like a Looney Tunes episode running. <laughs> just always like a Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote uh, uh, short, cartoon short playing inside Mary's head. Like that's what I just imagine is at all times. And then like a 1989 Madonna video. Like it's just those two things on loop. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, so then um, they're all drinking the wine and Mary reveals something about the wine. She says, you're drinking, or no, it wasn't wine, it was Don P. So she says, you're drinking drinking 2003 Don P, and it was a heat wave that year. 56,000 people died, uh, and it made the best grapes of all time. I guess it was wine. Don P, I'm always thinking of that as champagne, but it's sh- <laughs> champagne grapes? You guys, I'm stupid. I'm so stupid. Champagne is grapes. Some of you are laughing at how stupid I am right now, but is it grapes? Champagne's grapes too, right? It's just sparkling. Okay, I'm a big dummy. I'm a big old dumb shit. <laughs> I can't think of if, whether or not champagne is made with grapes. It is what it is, you guys. I'm here on this microphone living my truth. Occasionally, I might get something wrong. It is what it is. Um, anyway, so she does say that. Here I am making fun of Mary, and then really, I'm the one who doesn't know anything. God, I'm a dummy. Okay, so then they all sit down. Jenna arrives finally, and uh, Meredith says, I should be getting an apology. And she really wants that apology from Jenna. Eventually, she does get it. They're going around the table. Mary wanted everyone to write in the journals, and no one wants that at a luncheon, but she does make everyone write in the boss lady journals. Uh, And then she gives everyone Louis Vuitton AirPods, which is very tacky, but then they pray. Uh, And Mary cries as she's doing the prayer. And here's the thing, Jen was the only one around this table who was like, what the fuck is going on? Because it was strange, you guys. And I know this is a very religious franchise, which I get, and I'm not trying to make fun of prayer by any means. But the delivery of it is what I'm saying was like, what is going on? Like, there was a lot of elements to it. It wasn't just the prayer. It was the fact that the delivery of the prayer was bizarre. We thought it was ending, and then it wasn't. Mary cried. She gave everyone Louis Vuitton AirPods. There's a journal with Boss Lady in front of you and a monogram pen that you're supposed to write in. And Jen was the only one who was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was like thinking, why isn't anyone else reacting this way? Because it was very strange. It was very strange. Meanwhile, Walter's just serving his truffle, truffle pasta. That he got a truffle that was like $8,000 or something. And I'm like, Walter, save it. Nobody wants all that truffle stuff. I like truffles too, but sometimes too much is too much. Like, I like, even those, if you had the truffle hot sauce, I just got some. The company sent them to me. And forgive me, I don't remember the name of it. It was like the truffle. It was the Oprah one a couple years ago. 
And it's really delicious. I love the, uh, the truffle hot sauce, but you can only use a little bit at a time. And when I was watching Walter go so willy-nilly with the truffles, shaving them on everything, Walter was shaving them uh, left and right on every fucking thing they were serving. He was like putting the, shaving the truffle on the boss lady journals, on the pasta, on the salad, on the dessert, on the Don P. Like there was just so much truffle stuff happening with Walter. So much truffle work out of Walter. And I'm like, Walter, you need to cool it with the truffles. Save your money. A little bit goes a long way. And Walter should know that owning Walter restaurant. But I don't know. I don't know, Walter. I mean, I know he's trying to make it luxurious for these people, but it was overpowering. I'm sure all of those dishes were overpowering with all of Walter's fucking truffles. Truffle shavings and everything. You don't put it on that much. A little bit goes a long way, Walter. Anyway, uh, Mary says she has trust, trust issues. She apologized to uh, Meredith. Whitney reveals that she's not a swinger. Tells everyone that. Uh, Lisa cries and says she has really high goals of herself. They're all trying to have a dramatic moment here, and I appreciate it. It was all very desperate, and I loved it. They all wanted to have their moment in the spotlight, which is crazy to think we're all at a luncheon, and you're all trying to give a monologue uh, where you cry. They saw Mary cry, and they were like, we're all going to do it too. So then they all just cry. They all cry. Mary was upset that Jen didn't apologize to her. It ends on a to-be-continued, and next week, We see Meredith fighting with her husband. He's in Canton, Ohio, and he's like, you got to come to Canton, Ohio, which I grew up right near Canton, Ohio. I have a lot of family in Canton. Uh, It's a great place, but I didn't know the husband also lives there part-time. And Meredith's like, I'm not going to go to Canton, Ohio. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go to Canton, Ohio. (laughs) I feel like my Meredith impression is good. It's getting good. I'm not going to go to Canton, Ohio. Shall we talk about our other shows? Shall we talk about The Bachelorette? What if I just did a whole recap as Meredith? <laughs> that would be so annoying. That would be so annoying. But, you know, I need Meredith to step it up. She's got all the makings of a housewife. It's just she doesn't seem to realize what show she's on. I don't know. She thinks she's on something else. I don't want to talk about just here. And it's like, you got to talk about it there. Okay. Okay, you guys, we got to talk about The Bachelorette, shall we? Today, I thought it would be really, really fun for us to just use our creativity. So I thought we would bring Natalia in to help us. I'm going to bring out some clay and some blindfolds. Create something that represents your time with Tasha. Blindfolds off. Let's take a look at what you've created. Um, I made a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> so this is an infinity symbol. Looks like a delicious brownie. It is exactly what you think it is. First and foremost, I got to say, regarding Tasha's Inn at the La Quinta Inn playgrounds, it's the presidential suite, and I know we've talked extensively about the La Quinta Inn, but my issue is that this is the presidential suite. It doesn't look that nice to me. Like, it just sort of looks like an okay room, but it didn't feel like the presidential suite that we're putting our star in. And I wonder, is like that the nicest room or the nicest villa at the La Quinta Inn? Because there's got to be better places for that. You don't mean to tell me that that's what they put in a big celebrity. If Jennifer Lawrence goes to the La Quinta Inn, they're putting her in that presidential suite. There's got to be a nicer room. Because that room just has a small little living room with a couch where she journals all the time. And otherwise, I don't know, the bedroom seems like smallish. I'm sorry, it looks like very nice. For me, it'd be very nice. I'd love to stay at that presidential suite at the La Quinta Inn. But it does not seem like something that we should put our lead in. I just feel like it needs to be a little bit nicer. It just does. It is what it is. So I also, uh, I want to talk about this date that she had, um, you guys, with Zach. Now, I was shocked. I took to Twitter and I said, 
I can't believe Tasha's bringing this guy Zach on a date where she tries on a wedding dress and they take fake wedding photos with a man named Franco Lascosto. That man was wild too, by the way. The, horts, uh, the shorts were hiked to the high heavens. I saw all of his leg, Franco. That whole leg, he was showing off those stems. Um, anyway, they went and took wedding photos. And that is completely unhinged behavior. And I took to Twitter because I could not believe my eyes and ears. I couldn't believe that she was taking someone on a first date to take wedding photos in a fucking wedding dress and a tux. And I went to Twitter and the basic response to my tweet about her being in a wedding dress on a first date was like, oh yeah, they do that all the time. Like It was like a normal thing in this world. And again, I'm new to the Bachelor Nation, but I could not believe that this is a normal traditional thing they do on the show. And uh, people were telling me they've done this in the past. They've done group things where they put on wedding dresses and it's crazy. And I love it. And I want more of it. And I couldn't believe that we were all acting so chill about it. I mean, Tasha even too, in the, she's like, well, I wanted to, uh, to go try on wedding dresses with you and take photos. And no one even batted a fucking eye. Zach was like, okay, let's do it. And then they were talking about how fun it was. They were all talking about how fun it was. I mean, in some of the dates on the show, I know they have to get creative because they're just stuck at La Quinta. We even had that haunted house thing that happened later with Easy. What the fuck was that? They were just going around in like the green light. Let me tell you something. They just did that this season on Don't Be Tardy. You know that show, Don't Be Tardy for the Party with the whole Beerman family? They did a whole episode where they went to the haunted house with that thermo reader. What do they call that? The thermo resin reader or something? I don't know, but they took that into a haunted house. And I don't believe that there's anything haunted on the Kinta in playgrounds. Um, I mean, the ghost of Claire does, uh, does hover over that, um, that <laughs> presidential inn. But other than the ghost of Claire, I don't know that there's other ghosts there. And they were just walking around as if they were in a haunted house. And it was such a stupid... That was kind of bothering me. I felt like they spent too much time at that haunted house bit. I was getting annoyed with it. Um, and easy, too. I was like, I felt bad for him because they were seemingly having such a good time. They had a great time at the haunted house date. And then they were sitting down for dinner and he was like, I'm falling in love with you. And then she's like, yeah, you should go home. And then she sends him home right away, immediately. He didn't even get a chance to go get his stuff. The PA had to grab his suitcase. And she stuffed him in the van. She's like, I'll walk you to the car. And I'm like, what are you doing here, Tasha? That was so mean to Easy. He seemed so nice. And I didn't want him to win, of course. He wasn't my favorite to win. Uh, but I thought he'd stick around a little bit longer because it seemed like they were having a good time. And she just goes, get in the car, you're done. I thought, oh my God, this is savage. I've never seen her act this way. Um, before that, though, we did have this art date. It was a group date where they were all forced to do some sculpture work. Uh, Brandon, Brendan, there was this moment where she's like, I want you to all do a picture, a self-portrait. And he just took a frame and he said, this is me. And he put his head in it. And then he said, and also I left space for you. And she was so moved by it. And I was like, he didn't fucking do anything. He just held up a, a frame in front of his face. And these other people were like drawing things. Somebody else, I think Bennett did ne- fucking needlepoint. And I'm like, here comes this guy. Is it Brandon, Brendan? I forget which one his name is. Uh, but he just put his face in an empty frame, and she was so moved. She was so moved, in fact, even when Ben, which I would have been moved to, Ben just took off his robe. He just got naked, and he's like, here I am. Here's all of me. The outside of me and the inside of me. He's like, excuse me for a minute. They're in this artist's compound at the La Quinta Inn. He says, excuse me for a minute. He comes back in a robe. And then in front of all of these men and the camera crew, he just decides, I'm going to take off this robe. And this, he says, this is me the outside of me, and I want you to know the inside of me as well. And he's just sh- sitting there butt naked, just dick out, 
And honestly, at that moment, I would have said, here's your rose. And I would have given him more than just a rose, if you know what I'm saying. But that's not the point. The point is, she, of course, was very moved, but I would have been moved in different ways. And I was looking at her eye level. She did not break eye contact. I was shocked. The most surprising thing I've seen on this show thus far. But he does have a great body. And when he took off that robe and he uh, was blouseless, standing there in front of um, Tasha, almost said Claire. Do you imagine what Claire would have done if somebody did that to her? <laughs> I miss that woman. Anyway, Tasha, she was staring him right in the eyes. I was watching. She didn't even look down. That would have been the first thing that my eyes went to. I would have looked right down. The eyes would have just adjusted immediately. I would have even heard what he was saying, to be quite honest with you. So then Tasha gets so moved, she has to run out, and she like cries in the corner in the dark. They didn't even have a light on her. They just had a camera guy had to go in the corner and just film her, and she's like, oh my god, I'm overwhelmed. And it's like, was the dick that good? I mean, it must have been great, because she was so overwhelmed when, uh, when Ben was blouseless. Anyway, I mentioned the needlepoint. Bennett had done the needlepoint, and that was weird to me. You guys, I find Bennett very strange. Very strange. And he's obsessed with this Noah, who I feel bad for Noah. I feel like Noah kind of got bamboozled into this mess with Bennett. I don't think Noah even really had a problem with Bennett, but Bennett is like making one. And so Tasha gets really upset that they're acting like high school. She makes them both sit down in front of her. And Bennett had given Noah a gift. He wrapped up a gift for this man. And you guys, I really thought it was going to be a genuine gift. And then it was like sort of half genuine. It didn't make sense. It was very passive aggressive in a way. And then there was a book about emotional intelligence. And I did, part of me understood what Bennett was saying to Noah. And I do think Noah's young. He's 25 years old. A 25-year-old straight man, I'm sorry. Worst. Worst. They're the worst people. And, you know, in general, just in general, a 25-year-old straight white man, no thanks. Hard pass. You know, maybe if you want to hook up or something. But otherwise, I do agree, a 25-year-old straight white man has no emotional intelligence. I'm sorry, not an ounce of it. So I did sort of understand that Bennett was giving it to him. Um, but it was passive-aggressive and mean. And Noah didn't, he doesn't have any emotional intelligence, so he didn't even know how to react. Did you notice that? I was like, oh, he clearly needs to read this book because he just was so confused. It was like a, such a mindfuck for Noah. He did not get it. And he sort of said like, oh, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. Oh, and then Bennett gave him sex. Socks, you guys. Used socks. Imagine another man giving you used socks. I know he said he washed them. Who washed them? Do they have their own laundry units at the La Quinta Inn, these contestants? Or do they send it off? Like, I want to know who's doing the washing. Who washed Bennett's socks? I don't believe that he washed them. I think he said that, and he didn't. Because he doesn't like this Noah. I bet he gave you some dirty socks. Those socks were on his hooves. They were on Bennett's hooves. And he just gave them to Noah. Just old socks. He said, there's a mustache on here. We're still talking about the mustache. His mustache looked fine, everyone. Enough with uh, Noah's mustache. We're doing so much focusing on the fucking mustache. It looked great. I liked it. I mean, it wasn't something that we should keep talking about. I mean, they gave him mustaches. I used socks, you guys. I could not believe it. What else happened in this episode, you guys? Am I missing anything? Oh, Chris Harrison had to leave, so they had to fill in. It was JoJo. Now, I don't know a lot of these people. You guys, I just don't know a lot of the people in the world of The Bachelor. And it's interesting to me that they bring people onto these playgrounds that in the world of The Bachelor, everyone seems to know and love and whatever. And I'm looking at it and thinking, who the fuck is that person? This JoJo. When they said JoJo, I thought maybe JoJo Siwa would show up. You know, that, that crazy woman who's, I believe, to be 45, but dresses like she's six. Which, you guys, this is neither here nor there, but I don't know if you, if anyone's familiar with JoJo Siwa, she was on the Dance Mom show, which I loved. And she was great. 
She's great, and she's got star power, I'll be honest with you. She's got star power, she's got that it factor, and she's obviously popular with the youths, because I go into Target or Walmart or wherever, and I see her merch everywhere. She's got JoJo Siwa merch. Everywhere you look, you see it. Uh, But just recently, I don't know how I saw this. I know I'm not in the demographic for JoJo Siwa. Some of you might have kids and maybe are aware of this, but I just encourage you to look up. She released a music video for the song from The Grinch, Where Are You Christmas? You know, the song that was sung by Faith Hill, originally written by Mariah Carey. JoJo Siwa did a cover of it, and she's dressed sort of like a uh, Elsa by Lady Gaga. You know, that's the best way I could describe her look. And the vocals on it are very interesting. You know, it's hard to cover a Faith Hill song that was originally written by Mariah Carey. You know, those are two big shoes to fill. And Jojo Siwa, she, she, she's trying. She, God bless her. She's doing something. She's definitely released a song, is what I'm trying to say. She's definitely released a song and a music video for it. And I just want to encourage you all to watch it because it is shocking. It is shocking. And you guys, I'm in Christmas music season. I created a playlist on Spotify. If any of you are on Spotify, you want to go check it out. I created It's called Iconic Christmas Playlist by Danny Pellegrino. Just search my name, Danny Pellegrino. You'll see it there. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I thought JoJo Siwa was going to pop out at the Look Into Inn and, I don't know, do some sort of challenge uh, with a lot of uh, colors. But it didn't happen. We got this other woman, JoJo, and um, she took over hosting duties. Chris Harrison had to go send the kid off to college. And uh, I'm learning about Chris Harrison. I'm really liking Chris Harrison. I'm really enjoying him, and I want to know his backstory, and I would like more of him. I was like, why can't we have cameras follow Chris to the college to drop off the kid? Because that's always emotional. And I bet you Chris is crying. I would have liked to know more what's happening in Chris's life right now. What's happening there? Let's, let's see it, Batch of Producers. Let's send a camera crew. Honestly, I'd like to see that more than Easy and Tasha at a fake haunted house. Honestly, I would. Um, or, I mean, it was like really a long... It was a long episode. I'm I'm finding that to be troubling a little bit. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm really loving my journey into the Bachelorette world, but I'm finding the episodes to be a little bit long. It feels like they drag a little bit. Like they just keep on going. This one was two hours, and I'm like, we spent like at least forty five minutes in an art studio, and only three of those minutes were spent looking at a naked Ben. I need more nudity, more nudity, or less of the art stuff, less of the art stuff. These guys, though, I'm liking Ivan. I'd say he's my favorite to win right now. I, I think she likes Brendan Brandon. And Brent, is it Brendan? She likes that one. And uh, Ivan just seems like the sweetest, cutest to me. Like, he just seems so nice. He seems like a genuinely nice person. And last week on the show, of course, he revealed stuff about his family life. And it seemed like they connected on a level. They talked about Black Lives Matter stuff. I think it was, la- was it last week on the show. It seemed like they connected, and he just seems like a very sweet soul. And if he doesn't end up with Tasha, I just want the best for Ivan. I want all good things for him. He's still a little young. I can see you can read that on him. He seems a little young, but uh, I want only the best for Ivan. Only the best. Uh, and of course, you guys, I miss my Kenny. My Kenny. She sent out my Kenny. Can you believe it? And I started following him on Instagram. He's the only bachelor contestant I started following. And he posts a lot of uh, stuff that I'm like, wow, I love him. He was at a TJ Maxx the one day. He's a Maxinista, you guys. He was at a TJ Maxx, and he said something like, oh, I'm so happy to be here, or something like that. And I'm like, wow, Kenny, you really are just like wetting my whistle. And you know what I'm saying? Like, he's saying all the right things. There was one Instagram story where he's listening to Britney Spears, another one where he's listening to NSYNC. He's giving it all to me, that Kenny. Anyway, you guys, that's the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I want to encourage you to listen. There was a couple episodes released over the Thanksgiving week 
one with Candy Burris, which is one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. Truly, I will say it before, and I, I said it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Truly one of my favorite guests of all time. We talk so extensively about our music career and so much stuff. And Atlanta comes back this Sunday. I'm very excited. Also, uh, Clea Duvall, who wrote and directed Happiest Season, which is the LGBTQ rom-com, a holiday movie on Hulu, which is great. Speaking of holiday movies, I also have a holiday movie spinoff podcast called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast, which is uh, available on, um, it's everywhere, Spotify, Apple, Acast, everywhere you listen to podcasts. So check that out. We recap holiday movies. Also, speaking of holidays, we have all sorts of new Everything Iconic merch. We have these most adorable ornaments that say Queen Icon Legend, you guys. These are the best, the best super cute ornaments, Queen Icon Legend. Also, we have these holiday shirts that say A Very Merry Iconic, or have a very merry iconic uh, Christmas. And they're adorable. They're red. They're perfect. Um, check those out because they're super, super cute. It's all very limited for the holiday merch. So check that out. Uh, we also have wine glasses that are, say, a very merry iconic Christmas. Have a very merry iconic Christmas. That's what they say. I keep getting it mixed up, but they're adorable and they're all super limited. So if you're interested in any of that holiday stuff, go get it right now. Um, and thank you to all who have ordered stuff and uh, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm doing one a month recapping Sex in the City, and I'm on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And let's do our little cool down, shall we? Let's take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it and breathe out. And let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll talk uh, later. Let's see. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or 
anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.